Hello and welcome to this episode of the Star Wars Universe Podcast. In just a moment, we're going to be talking about Clone Wars Season 5, Episodes 6, 7, 8, and 9, on which the Jedi take the younglings on a field trip. But first, I want to tell a quick story and say thank you. You see, a year ago today, I was driving through Michigan on my way to a Magic the Gathering tournament that I was going to be a judge for. I used to spend an awful lot of my time going to these events two or three times a month, traveling all over the world, and I got the notification that the event had been canceled because of COVID-19. And so that was the day. Today is the one-year anniversary of the day that, for me, the pandemic really began. Uh, I think for many people, this is that day or that day is happening sometime this week. And I just wanted to say thank you. I've been podcasting for a while, but especially during pandemic when I wasn't able to be part of the, the magic community and some of the other things that I've been doing for so long, we were all trapped in our houses, podcasting became a much bigger part of my life, both the recording itself, but also interacting with all of you, the fans, hearing your feedback, listening to your feedback, responding, getting into conversations with you, participating in things uh, through Twitter and Facebook and on the Stranded Panda chat group. And it's honestly been a big part of what's helped me get through this very difficult year. And I don't think there's any silver linings to a tragedy like what's been happening. And this is, you know, if there's any way we could have not had this year, of course I would have wanted that. But I've really been touched by the way that with so many of us stuck at home or going through difficult things, we found ways to come together around the stories that I, that we love. And I think there's so many great creators out there. I'm so honored to be a part of what's happening at the Stranded Panda Podcast Network and the great creations that they're doing. There's many other great creators. And I'm just so honored that you all have allowed me to be one of them and to spend every week listening to what I have to say, listening to our guests talk about whether it's Star Wars or superhero ethics or MCU cast stuff or The Stand or whatever it is. You being fans has been a really great part of my life for the last year and being able to create these things and make it a part of the interaction. And so I just wanted to say thank you. And that I hope that you have gotten through this year with whatever else has been brought into your life and that these podcasts have added just a little bit of joy or a little bit of new thought. And that I hope that as we come out of this and we get ourselves vaccinated and we start to return to normal, we can still keep the the wonder and the beauty of the little corner of fandom that we create through podcasts like this. Because at a time when we have so many reminders of everything that's toxic out outside in our world, but also in our own fandoms. Being able to create these podcasts and share with you not the toxicity, not the nonsense, but just the things we love. And again, to hear from you all what it is that you love about Star Wars and the MCU and these ethical questions and all of that. It has made my life so much richer, and I hope it does the same for you. So for all of that, thank you so much. I hope you find a way to get through this year and that things are going to start to get better. And now I want to bring you commercial messages that I have no control over. Welcome back. I'm Matthew, your host. I'm joined, as always, for discussions of the Clone Wars by Ricky and Sarah. How are you folks doing tonight? Hey. Fantastic. Awesome. Awesome. I'm uh, looking forward to uh, diving into this. We've got some fun stuff to talk about, but I want to do two quick things of business first. First of all, this Sunday, uh, March 14th at 3 p.m. Uh, Eastern Time, we are having our first ever Star Wars Universe podcast trivia. It's going to be on Twitch. If you go to twitch.com, Stranded Panda TV. Uh, all that, that link will be in the show notes. You can find it. Uh, it's going to be a great trivia night. Uh, we have, we'll have a couple of us on Twitch, on voice. 
All y'all can be in the chat. The questions will be in chat. You can answer in chat. You get points for speed. There's a great prize for first place, as well as if you've been taking part in the MCU cast trivia, points for this will go to that league, or you can just be a part of this and stay out alone. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to laugh, joke around. Questions will be somewhat based on The Force Awakens, but also from all the Star Wars movies. So definitely check that out. It should be a lot of fun. And also, uh, recently I launched a Patreon for this and the other podcasting projects I do, all under the name The the Ethical Panda. I love doing these podcasts, not trying to get rich doing it, but there are some costs associated with it. It helps to have some uh, support like that. And I've been so touched by the people who've already signed up for the Patreon. So uh, to Nate Muzzy, Ashley Coffin, and Mary McCreary, thank you all so much. And everybody else, if you're thinking about, you know, you love these episodes, you love what we do, you'd like to support a little bit, you can do it for as little as $3 a month. You get thanked. Um, there's all sorts of goodies that can happen. You can get ad-free episodes. All you have to do is go to patreon.com and search for The Ethical Panda. So two two quick business things I wanted to take care of. And with that out of the way, uh, Ricky and Sarah, let's dive into these episodes. What are our kind of overall thoughts? Yeah, I thought this was a, a fun arc. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's nice to see some new characters um, in in the the form of the younglings who yeah uh, yeah we get introduced to over the, the course of this episode but we still get um, to check in on our uh, regular band <laughs> yep now both for those folks who um now for those folks who either haven't seen these episodes in a while or have never seen them and just want to learn about it following along with us does one of you want to take a shot at summarizing the the plot of this arc we get. Because really it's four episodes, but only one plot arc. Yeah, well, I guess there's like two-ish. So the first episode, um, called The Gathering, is Ahsoka and Yoda, as you mentioned, taking this group of younglings to Ilum to go find their kyber crystals. Um, mm-hmm. They learn they learn about themselves, they grow as, as younglings, uh, find their crystals, and then... Kyber crystals being the thing that you need to make a lightsaber. Yes, yes. Sorry. Or a Death Star. Or a Death, or a Death Star, yes. Uh... Or a Star Killer base, isn't that what it is? Anyway, um, yeah. So they go, they learn lessons about themselves and friendship and all that stuff, uh, and then heading back um, to Coruscant, it's just Ahsoka with them. She's like guiding them. They're gonna put their lightsabers together. They meet a, a robot who's been uh, a droid who's been mm-hmm. like thousands of years, the sort of Ollivander of the Star Wars universe. Yep. Uh, Voiced by David Tennant. Okay, I saw him listed as like the guest voice. I was like, is that who it is? But he wasn't yeah. listed in the rest of the episodes. Anyway, that's that's amazing. Hodor? Um, no, no. <laughs> Ricky has seen neither Game of Thrones nor Harry Potter. But okay. yeah. <laughs> um yeah, so the but before they can actually get back to Coruscant, they're attacked by pirates who want the Kyber crystals because the Kyber crystals are worth lots and lots of credits. Um those pirates are of course Hondo and his gang. Mm-hmm. Uh, their attempt at stealing the crystals gets thwarted by the younglings and Ahsoka. However, the younglings uh, end up on the ship, and Ahsoka ends up on the pirate ship. Uh, so Hondo kidnaps her to Florum, where he's gonna sell slash kill her. Who knows? <laughs> it's not quite clear. Uh, and then the younglings come to rescue Ahsoka by pretending to be acrobats in a traveling circus. Uh, and yeah, then they end up teaming up with, uh, Hondo because Grievous and Dooku come to attack. So they, uh, they team up with Hondo to get rid of the Separatists. Mm-hmm. 
And then that leads us into uh, the very first episode of the season where we meet up with Maul and yeah. Savage. This is not, um, these aren't my favorite episodes. I do think they're a lot of fun. I think that it's one of my favorite examples of where we both have an arc, but that has four fairly well self-contained stories. Mm-hmm. You know, the first one is just the young the younglings finding their crystals. The second one is the ship being attacked. The third is the younglings rescuing Ahsoka. And then the fourth is Hondo and them having to fight together. And it's it's a night, it reminds me a lot of like the, what I was always told by my father about the movies he saw, you know, the the serialized like Lone Rangers you'd watch, grow, you know, every every Saturday, that kind of thing. Mm. Yeah, like it, it does feel very much like if if you were watching this in syndication and you just caught one of the episodes, I don't think you'd be totally lost. Right. Or feel like right. the, there, there needs to be a to be continued. Right? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of glad they give it to us in order because it would be entirely possible that these four <laughs> would be out of order if it was in an earlier season. So True. And even the, uh, the first episode that I sort of alluded to that comes after this chronologically totally makes sense on its own. Um, mm-hmm. They just reference these events like Hondo references Grievous attacking his base on Florum, which right. is what's happening here. Yeah, exactly. So let's start with the uh, Jedi field trip. Ahsoka and Yoda take them to this cave. Ilum is the, the planet we learn. That's sort of the where you go to get your crystal to, to build your lightsaber. And the conceit here is that the kids have to go in and um, find their crystal before the cave refreezes. Or else they'll just be stuck in the cave forever. Um, and for they, for they one have... rotation, which is like two weeks, I think. Yeah. I mean, which basically means they're going to die. Yeah, probably. Um, you know, so... Uh, not the safest of camp counselors here. <laughs> Jedi field trips have some real danger attached to them. Uh, although we learned something a little bit about that at the end. Um, and, and then they each get to have their own little adventure. Um, I, I'm not, I don't really love stories about little kids, so I didn't love this episode, but I thought it was cute. I, I think I, I agree with what you said, Sarah. I really liked getting to see the lore of, you know, I, I, it's funny that you, you 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 said the Harry Potter thing, although this mm. I believe came first. Um, it, it does have that very like the wand chooses the wizard, you know, that the crystal chooses the user, which I really liked and and, and responded to. Yeah, I mean this this was 2012, so we had the Harry Potter books. Oh, you know that's, that's correct. Yeah, before before this, but yeah, I mean it's a it it feels like a very sci fi fantasy mm-hmm. trope. Um, as yeah, well. J.K. Rowling did not invent that, certainly. Definitely not. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I don't I don't necessarily mind storylines about kids. Um, the one, the only thing that really bothered me was I think Katuni. She's like kind of the the leader of the group. Uh huh. <laughs> but she's acted with this like it. It sounds like the actor has a head cold. And like, yeah, it's like I couldn't tell if the character's supposed to have a lisp or just supposed to have that like little girlish voice. I didn't quite get that. Well, I think it's it's just like so. I guess like what's the opposite of nasal? Like she's not breathing through. She's not breathing through her nose, and she's talking like this the whole time. And mm-hmm. it just like, I mean, it's a choice. It's fine, <laughs> but it like there is something so I don't know weirdly visceral that just like makes me go like ugh whenever I hear people who have colds talking just in general. Mm-hmm. Like that feels uncomfortable to hear. Yeah. Um, but that was like that was my only big gripe i guess um i thought it was it was neat the 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 human boy 
uh, whose name I definitely am not actively looking up right now because I remembered <laughs> it the whole time. Pietro. Petro? Petro? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pietro's um, from a different story that we had yep. we discussed recently. <laughs> <laughs> um, I also have Pietro as a villager in my Animal Crossing village. Anyway, um, yeah, Petro is like, just like full cocky, like we don't need rules. Um, and at the end of this episode, he learns to like be be less cocky. I see be less of a butthole was like my, mm-hmm. my lesson. But then like episode the next the following episode, he's like right back at it, um, which I I liked because it's like this little kid arrogance, um, mm-hmm. which I think really meshes well with the Anakin Ahsoka line of yeah. Uh, teaching. Yeah, there definitely was a you know. After school special, everybody gets a special lesson. You know, each crystal, the the kid who's afraid has to learn to conquer his fear. The one who is impatient has to learn to be patient. It was all just set up very perfectly like that. Now, at the very end, it does seem to be, is the implication at the end of that episode that Yoda's saying, like, of course, we weren't going to let these kids freeze to death. Like, we can break through this wall if we need to. Oh, definitely. Like, there's there's okay. zero way they're just gonna, yeah, let children freeze to death. That's not... But you have to well, let them think that they're gonna freeze to death, right? Like well, I mean, I think, I think it says something about what we know about the Jedi is that I fully believed it as the viewer. <laughs> like, I was like, oh, okay. Ahsoka and Yoda are willing to off a couple younglings. Like, that's... It's tough in the big leagues, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I... I'm assuming they, I don't think they'd let them die. I don't think they'd let them proceed with their kyber crystal ritual. Like you'd probably get bumped mm-hmm. back down to Jedi level. I don't, I don't really know right. how it works, but yeah, yeah. The, I liked that they tacked on the like we w- we wouldn't actually murder children. <laughs> Ricky, what was your thought on this episode? How did Yoda get there? <laughs> the Force. And how does he leave? Does he have his own ship? And why? Because when Ahsoka and the younglings get there, Yoda is, a, he he's inside the chamber waiting, mm-hmm. which Ahsoka and the others have to open with the Force. Right. So he like got there, opened the chamber with the Force, closed the chamber so that they would have to open it again. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of the episode, they don't all leave together because the, <laughs> the next episode, Yoda is not on the ship that gets attacked by the pirates. So he just kind of like came on his own. It was weird. I don't you know. know. I, I noticed weird things like that. <laughs> I yeah, I think that was one where the writers just were like, eh, they'll figure it out. And then Yoda appears. It, it honestly, <laughs> like, it feels pretty on brand for Yoda to just be like, dramatic effect, I will. <laughs> um, yeah, that's well put. Right? Like, he's. I could totally see Yoda doing. Exactly what you described, like opening up, mm-hmm. using the force, opening it, closing it again, sitting in the little cold ice. I wouldn't palace. put it beyond Yoda to have gone in and like set up all these traps and stuff mm-hmm. because one of the younglings finds their crystal in like this very scary, like fire breathing uh, statue thing, right? In the ice. Mm-hmm. It's like, who, what is that doing there? Like, Yoda must have built it. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and then there's like other kind of trap-like things. So I think he set up like this house of ice horrors, yeah. and came early to do it. You think you think Yoda made that X-wing sink deeper into the swamp, don't you? 
Probably. <laughs> he's got a bit of showmanship. I can believe that. Yeah, and he's got that laugh. Like, yeah. <laughs> the only thing from this episode that I also wanted to comment on um, is there's a line at the very beginning when the, the narrator who... When the narrator is giving the, the introduction, and they talk about how, you know, these younglings who are taken from their families and, and their, their true family is now the Jedi Order. I was just like, like, that... That's straight up propaganda, and it, it to me is a nice reminder that they never really go into it much. But I think by now we're really supposed to understand that this is very much a like unreliable narrator. Like this is the voice of a I think it's Admiral Yolaren mm-hmm. is the actual person who's the narrator, and that he's supposed to be like this is the official story you're getting from like Republic Radio. It's not mm-hmm. meant to be like the uber narrator of the story. Yeah, for sure. Although, like, we do get episodes where he, he knows things that Admiral Yolaren has, has no right of knowing, but... That's true. I mean, I, I could see it being, like, a retelling in retrospect situation, right? Mm-hmm. Definitely. We haven't seen Yolaren in a while. Yeah. I, I don't think he appeared at all in definitely, like, the last season. I mean, we haven't seen a lot so. of the, the Republic in a while. Like, we've been off exploring yeah, we haven't, the galaxy. I don't think we've seen uh, Padme at all for quite some time. Yeah. We barely see Anakin in this episode. So so this next episode, we do get introduced to the, the droid, who I just thought David Tennant was incredibly charming. I loved him in this. Uh, I loved him being the kind of like, you know, he's very supportive of all of them, but he's also a little bit chiding them. You know, one of the eager young students thinks he's built a lightsaber and it would actually blow up in his face, which of course winds up being Chekhov's lightsaber that will blow off in his face. Yeah, that's, uh, that's <laughs> Petro, right? Learning nothing from his lesson about being... Cocky, yep. the previous episode. <laughs> no, it's, it's definitely Petro. It's definitely having a fun moment there. Um, you know, I thought this was probably a fun episode. I, I really appreciated what you said. I actually have in my notes, hashtag not my Hondo. Yeah. Um, and this Hondo is just very... He at one point says, like, you know, bring me these kids dead or alive. And I wrote, like, Hondo would never say that. It just, it seemed like they, they, they sort of decided for one episode that Hondo needed to be scarier. Um, and I was just like, I, okay, that's that. I think I think what you meant to have was Cad Bane here, because that seems like what Cad Bane does. That's not what Hondo does. Yeah, exactly. I, I'd say two episodes. Like the next episode where he's dealing with Ahsoka is also that's true. Yeah, weirdly scary, scarier than he has a right to be. Hondo, like, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I I completely agree with you. They, like one of his crewmates even calls him out on it and is like, "You do you really want us to kill these kids?" And he's yeah. like, "I'll do anything for money." Yeah. Which is like, what? And then even in the, the final episode, um, when they're teaming up together, uh, Hondo says something about, like, I don't like seeing children go into battle. And Ahsoka's like, didn't you just try and murder them, like, a day ago? And he's like, <laughs> well, today I like children. So I feel See, like we even get the writers, like, being like, yeah, that was maybe a little too much for Hondo. Yeah, I thought that was the right... I thought that was, like, some rogue writer got in and wrote in, like, bad Hondo, and then the later writer's like, no, 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 no. no. Yeah. Like, that's... that's that. Bad, you know, like yeah. bad handle was not canon. Yeah, you know, and may- maybe they thought that he was becoming a little bit too much of like just always their buddy, and they wanted him to be a little scarier again. But I just, I, it didn't work for me. <laughs> I was like, that's that's not that's Cad Bane. That's someone else. Yeah, well, especially the like straight up like I am okay with you killing these children. Like that is, I mean, obviously not verbatim, but that's what he yeah. says. Like I will kill these kids for money. Mm-hmm. Um, which just seems, yeah, like, I think you could still have him boarding the ship, 
and being like, oh, hey, Ahsoka, give us the crystals. And right. they can still be like, no, you can't take them from us. And the plot can unfold in the same manner without Hondo saying that he's cool with murdering some children. Like, to me, Hondo should, should, Hondo at his best should be the sort of model for anyone who wants to play a rogue in a D&D party. Yes, yeah. Like, you're going to be a scalawag, you're going to be a scoundrel, but you're still not going to, like, actually kill people. You're going to be a good person. You're just going to, like, have as much fun being a schmuck, being a scoundrel as much as you can. Yeah, like a a neutral good sort of. Yes, he's what Han Solo originally was modeled as right Mm -hmm. but even han shoots greedo and establishes like i will kill someone yeah and i'm like i'm okay with hondo killing people i guess like i'm even fine with him doing a captain hook sort of shooting one of his own men because he doesn't like his singing voice but just like yeah the 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 like let's kill children Felt yeah. weirdly off-brand. And then isn't, like, addressed two episodes later, and he's just like, meh, today I like kids. That's yeah. <laughs> like, that sort of cavalier Hondo of, like, I care about money. I'm gonna steal mm-hmm. a bunch of stuff. Gonna be, like, charming and um, humorous along the way. Right. The, there is a moment in the last episode with Hondo where he kind of connects a little bit with one of the younglings and is kind of, like, given, like, you know, a, a wink and a nudge and, like, Glad that the youngling is doing okay, and th- that was more like to me. Okay, that 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 that's the Hondo I know. Yeah, and then even like at the end though, he like one of the younglings. Oh, I might have this wrong. One of the younglings is like there, but the rest of them aren't. And Hondo's like, "You can come with us, but we're taken off. Like mm-hmm. you're you're on your own." And that that seems also on brand of like, yes, I don't really care that much about y'all. Like, I don't want you to die horribly. Thanks for helping me defeat Greedo. If you want to come, you're welcome to come. We'll be like a fun pirate family. Um, <laughs> but I'm not going to like yeah. risk everything to save you guys. She should think... join the gang, right? 100% should. Is mm-hmm. that the spinoff? Like the post-Clone War spinoff? Is she survives Order 66 and like finds Hondo and joins the gang? Why has no one made that video game? <laughs> ugh. I, yeah, I just... Ugh. I like Hondo. I love Hondo so much. Even, like, drunk Hondo watching Circus Act felt. <laughs> that was a lot of fun. That yeah. was definitely a lot more fun. Yeah. Uh, there's a, a scene early in this where the kids are just sort of futzing around with their lightsabers. And so, so here's a question I've always had. Like, the kids talk about wanting to duel with lightsabers. Do lightsabers have a safety feature of any kind? Because no. my understanding is that they don't. And so, like... I never, you know, I get that, like, when you you practice fighting by using practice swords, so mm-hmm. that, like, if someone gets a lucky blow in, you don't decapitate your student. <laughs> how do people actually practice with lightsabers? Especially how do kids do it? That's what the... The, the training droids? Yeah, the robot spheres are for. Okay. So when they talk about wanting to duel with each other, that's just, like... No, yeah, you shouldn't. Well, you should. That's, like, advanced... So maybe, okay, so this kid's playing with guns. It's a bad idea. Again, the, the camp counselors at uh, Youngling Camp are just maybe not doing the best job. Well, this That's is, okay. Yeah, like, this is when Ahsoka is fully not on the ship. They only have, like, the severed head of David Tennant bot. To well, but I didn't, I didn't get the sense that they were thinking, like, oh, gosh, you know, 
the cat's away, now the mice can play with the lightsabers. I, it sort of felt like, well, yeah, we're, we're kids. We, we fuck around with our lightsabers. That's what we do. <laughs> we we yeah. screw around with our lightsabers. That's what we do. <laughs> that confused me a little bit. But they've had lightsabers before, presumably. Mm-hmm. Like, these are their lightsabers. But we've had scenes in the past, I think in the movies, where Yoda... Well, yeah, like the, the younglings that Anakin supposedly kills in, at the Jedi Temple... I think there's an earlier scene that establishes that they are being trained with lightsabers yeah. by Yoda. So I think right. that they have maybe like training lightsabers that are for loan, I guess. Yeah, or at least like have this is not their first time holding a lightsaber. Yeah. And also none of them looked directly, like none of them pointed <laughs> it at their eyeball when they first uh, got it, which I think is a good sign. I'm just saying, I feel like if you told me that a bunch of 10-year-olds were practicing sword fighting with live steel... I'd have a problem, and I feel kind of the same way here. Oh, um. yeah. I mean, I I, I I agree that I don't think it's a good idea. And okay. they, are, like, they are like, we should practice, and they all like fire up their lightsabers, and then like Katuni is the only one who hasn't built hers yet because mm-hmm. of her character flaw, which I guess is like nervousness. I don't know. Um, but yeah. What, one thing that happens during this is that... Uh, Part of why they get captured is because our friends in the Republic Navy can't come to their rescue because Obi-Wan is fighting this big uh, space battle with General Grievous. We've all had complaints about the way that those space battles are done, and I kind of love that here it's just the distraction. It's literally like the B-plot instead of being the A-plot. I thought it made it much more palatable. But it was a good B-plot. Yeah, it was well done. Yeah. I just, Even I, though I still don't understand, like, how these fights happen. Mm-hmm. Like, so part of the plot is that Grievous boards Obi-Wan's flagship. Right. Which apparently I, I'm looking at the, the summary right now. It's called the Negotiator, mm-hmm. which is a terrible name for your warship. <laughs> you're, not, you're not negotiating anything. See, the Empire gets it right. They have, like, terrifying names, like Devastator. <laughs> <laughs> oh look it's the negotiator <laughs> unless it's like the fifth element and you're just like does anyone else want to negotiate <laughs> yeah it feels like a like a fun ironic name like someone naming their sword the peacemaker yeah. it's like there you go there you go but, but grievous boards it and then they have to abandon i like yeah. why like these are space warships like just shoot each other and blow each other up like what's with all the boarding See, the only reason why I don't mind is because it leads to what is, I think... Now, the bar for this moment is high, but this might be the most extra, sassy, snarky, for no good reason, (laughs) Obi-Wan moment we get in the series. At least it's one of them. Because Obi-Wan sets his ship to self-destruct, and he knows that Grievous is on board the ship. There's a good chance that Grievous will just be on the ship when it self-destructs. No more Grievous. End of the Clone Wars. But Obi-Wan takes the time to record a message to tell Grievous, ha ha, I'm blowing up the ship. (laughs) Just so that Grievous can figure this out and get away. Yeah, he books it. (laughs) It's such a dumb... Like, knocks over a bunch of droids along the way and they're like, what? What's going on? He's like, out of my way. Like, if Obi-Wan were to ever become a villain, he would be the most monologuing monologuer who had ever monologued a monologue. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, because that's what he does. He monologues Grievous, Grievous figures out his plan, and escapes. It's so peak Obi-Wan, and it's so snarky, and it's so dumb. But, but, it was funny. 
Like, yeah. oh, Obi-Wan got that good, he got that comeback line in. <laughs> That's what matters. But yeah. is that, like, I mean, is that in any... Obi-Wan logic, if you can extend it, you know. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so the war goes on six more months, 50,000 more clones die, but I got a good snark line in. It was worth it. <laughs> is that any worse than what usually happens on Star Trek, which is either that the computer voice is counting down, or there's, like, a countdown on a monitor. So, like, mm-hmm. you see the monitor, and it's, like, Ten, nine, you're like, oh, the ship's gonna blow up. I think this is worse, because at least on, like, the Star Trek, the computer counting down is, like, presumably a safety filter built in so that right. the crew knows <clears throat> to abandon ship. Whereas this is, yeah, just Obi-Wan getting his sick rubbins. Like, this isn't a pre-recorded message of, like, hey, everybody, the ship is about to self-destruct. Please get to your nearest escape pod. This yeah, is, but... like, oh, it, he even plays it as though it's, like, a live hologram. Like it's mm-hmm. it's the it's the kind of like voicemail message of like hey how's it going I'm not here right now <laughs> leave a message right like that's the vibe yeah um, so it's just yeah it's just full on Obi being a giant pile of sass and I love him for it but I do agree that it was a dumb a dumb move you know at least like Captain Kirk like he doesn't call up you know Klingon Christopher Lloyd and like mock him he just like lets the Enterprise blow up you know it's. Uh... I yeah, thought he, he did mock him. Everyone. That's like he, he, search for he, Spock, right? He only does it at the very end, like when all the the, the, Klingon, the Klingons don't get a chance to escape. You know, they figure it out when it's like two seconds left. Christopher Lloyd was the Klingon? Yes. He's the yeah, Klingon this, this, captain in Star Trek Three. Is this like okay. pre-Worf looking Klingon? No. No, this is when they look like Worfish. Warfish. Huh. Anyway, yeah. we're going way down on a tangent now. It's entirely my fault. <laughs> it's um, okay. But I, I just needed to, to name that peak Obi-Wan moment. Um, so, yeah, so I think those are the big things I wanted to talk about from this episode. Any other, um, uh, from these episodes, what other uh, comments did you all want to make? I guess there was another, like, out-of-character Hondo thing that I kind of wanted to talk about, which is how he treated Ahsoka after capturing her. Mm. Um, and it was just, like, gross. Like, and, like, kind of rapey, and I didn't like it. Um, How so? Well, because he was just, like, she was captured um, in, like, some weird, like, stasis light tube. Um, Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, he was just kind of, like, talking about, like, what we're going to do with you. And he's got, like, his two pirate ladies, like, hanging off of his arms. And it's just, like, it felt not like Hondo, who should Mm -hmm. just be, like, joking with her and even, like... I'm okay with him, like, ransoming her, I guess. But I would want Hondo to, like, ransom her to the Republic and be like, hello, give me money for your Jedi back, please and thank you. Like, Instead yeah, of, like, a... I might kill you, but I might just sell you to whoever is the highest bidder. Yeah. And, like, ooh, a female Jedi, right? Like That and... line especially was a little creepy. Yeah. Um... Like, the, there's a line at the very end where... Hondo basically presents Obi-Wan with a bill for helping to rescue the Jedi. Yes. And, like, that to me is exactly what Hondo... That, that's the kind of thing I think you're talking about. Where it's like, yeah, I'm going to get as much money about this, and I'm going to lie and cheat and steal. But I'm... I, he always has this basic respect for Ahsoka. They've been through the wars together. They've fought together. They've done things together. It, it, you're right. That, 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 that line also just was very much another hashtag not my Hondo kind of thing. Yeah, and even, like... The way Ahsoka reacts to him, this is the previous episode, when he's boarded the ship, and 
he and Ahsoka are, are sort of battling face to face. She's just kind of like, Hondo, come on, what the heck? Like, you used to be cool, man. What happened to cool Hondo? Mm-hmm. Um, and he, yeah, he's just like full, full villain. And it, yeah, doesn't suit him despite him being a ruthless pirate, right? Like, here's, <sighs> here's what I think happened. Mm. In the previous season, we had that whole Cad Bane bounty hunter arc where they try to kidnap Palpatine, mm-hmm. Chancellor Palpatine. I think after that incident, Cad Bane like overtook Hondo as like the number one most wanted in the galaxy, mm-hmm. and Hondo didn't like that. And he's yeah. like, I gotta get my I gotta, gotta get, get my rep up, yeah, or down, whichever. I gotta reestablish my crook rep. Like, I think part of the story they were trying to get to was that, you know, Hondo is finding that he can't really afford to have his happy-go-lucky attitude anymore because things are getting a lot more cutthroat and he's losing money. And But I feel like there's a way to tell that story where, you know, he says dead or alive and then, then one of the, you know, guys looks at him and goes, boss, are you sure? And you can see him just hating it. He's like, I, I don't know. I don't want to do that. But that's we have, you know, something yeah. like that instead of it just being... Oh no! Today this is today. I hate kids. Tomorrow I won't. Who knows? Yeah, exactly. And like it does. I mean, th- these are the only two episodes I think where Hondo really has this weird out of character moment. Like the rest of the series of Clone Wars, I I absolutely love him, um, mm-hmm. despite him being yeah uh, a pirate and a rogue. But I don't know. It's just weird. I feel and I feel like the final episode of this arc does a good job of kind of walking that back. With mm-hmm. just his interaction with Ahsoka when they're teaming up. He has, like you mentioned, he's got some really nice moments with the the kids. Like, he he asks to see their lightsabers, right? He's like, oh, you have your kyber crystals? Show me now. And to, like, kind of bolster their confidence. Like, mm-hmm. he's got fun Uncle Hondo vibes. Yeah. <laughs> when, like... Yeah. Show me your dangerous weapons. <laughs> <laughs> right? But whereas, like, two days ago, he was going to murder them for those weapons yeah right and uh, yeah and even just his whole like eh, today i like kids um i'm a pirate what can you what my i'm fickle um but i think this like leads nicely into the next episode chronologically which is the first episode we talked about which has his like glorious line of oh i've been betrayed i'm so proud right yes. like that's <laughs> we're, we're getting back into Right, Honda, but yeah, that's Honda. Yeah, we we get Hondo back. I think I think you know just whatever happened in the writers' room. Boy, we can forgive it. He's a great character. They had some bad moments, you know. Yeah. Sometimes you put nipples on the bat suit. We just ignore it and move on. That is that was like my first introduction. I mean, other than Adam West, like those mm-hmm. George Clooney Batman is like the Batman of my childhood. Oh wow! Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah, so I think that's a good, you know, not a long conversation today. There wasn't too much in these episodes, but I think I think they were fun. Like, I think we're now at a point where these are the weaker episodes in the season, which to me really says a very good thing about the season. Like, these aren't the ones that are super intense explorations of the dark side. There's not, like, tons of emotion, but they're just fun. And, and we learn some cool things, and we get some great character moments, and th- that to me really tells me the show is really hitting its stride now. Oh well, yeah. I, the next set. Also, okay. Oh, that's also true. We do we do have a, a a little bit of a rough patch coming up. That's that's for those of you who haven't seen the next episodes. 
you know, just buckle up. <laughs> if you have have a good drink or some ice cream near you, it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. Um, and it, but it's I think I, I get what you're saying. Like these departures, the, I think this arc does it much better than the arc that we're about that we're going to be talking about next week. Yeah. Um, and we can I think go farther into depth then as to why this worked and that one didn't. Yeah. That's um, right the point. Well, this works because it gives us some of the stuff that we as Star Wars fans are thirsting for, mm. which right. is here's a little tidbit about the Jedi and, and how you know how they make their lightsabers, where they get the the crystal, the Kyber crystals from. Like this is right. like <clears throat> deep lore type stuff that we have all wanted to know for our entire fandoms. Mm-hmm. And there's more than one character that speaks. Mm-hmm. Which I think is also important, as much as I love R2. Um, yeah. Definitely, definitely. And like, when we do have a couple, like, they're, like Gungi is a Wookiee. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, so yeah, the little baby Wookiee Jedi. I thought that was a really nice thing. And, and even even though, like I said, I'm not a big fan of after-school special kind of kids episodes, they're, they're relatively painless, and you do get an interesting mix of them. And it's and nice seeing just how they interact and the different personalities and things like that. Yeah. yeah, there's you st- there's a good mix of races in this group mm-hmm. of of younglings, uh, gender, and I think like as characters they were very well established quickly, mm-hmm. and this could have easily been uh, the jumping off point for like a spinoff, like a, yeah, you know Jedi Academy type series where you follow the adventures of these younglings mm-hmm. as they learn and and get more of that deep Jedi lore. I mean, I'm on record that if we're going to get Jedi Academy, I want them to be teenagers because I want it to do like Gossip Girl CW, you know, Riverdale style. But I know that's not Riverdale. what everybody else wants. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I get what you're saying and that they're, they are a little, I mean, they're childish. They're children, of course. Um, and we do, I mean, we get to establish their character so quickly because they're quite tropic. But like, yeah. I don't think there's anything wrong with that especially because like we do yeah exactly but i mean it's fine because you you can just use these quick shorthands to be like this is the nervous one this is the cocky one this is the tech guy right Right. and like we're good we don't need like a deep dive into their their histories because we're only really going to get to know them over the course of like three four minutes before we're like in into this big storyline yeah exactly exactly all right. Well, great. Um, as always, folks, uh, thank Ricky and Sarah. Thank you all so much for uh, this. Uh, people listening, let us know what you think. You can find us on Facebook or Twitter at The Ethical Panda. On Twitter, it's Ethical Panda 77. Uh, but if you search for The Ethical Panda, you'll find us on there. You can also go to theethicalpanda.com, our website, to get all the information about this podcast and the others I do, including superhero ethics, as well as going to strandedpanda.com. That's our podcast network where you find uh episodes of, of this podcast as well as others on the mcu dc universe which is a whole long series on wandavision uh we just put an episode on the ethics of wandavision on the superhero ethics podcast lots of great stuff there please remember this sunday at 3 p.m eastern on stranded panda tv at at twitch.com that's where you can come to the trivia night trivia day it's gonna be a lot of fun join in whether or not even if you are not like someone who loves trivia or knows a ton about star wars it should give you a fun way to hang out on Twitch and have a good time. So please come and check that out. Thank you all so much for listening. Have a great day. <laughs>